Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Now, to kick off the second half of our Open House year, we begin a new series tonight on the chaplains. They're in all sorts of areas of life. You'll probably be surprised where they pop up, doing all sorts of good work, offering help and hope. I'm sure this is going to be a great series. And to kick it off, someone embarking on the life of chaplaincy. He's a very good friend of Open House. In fact, we spoke with him just a couple of months ago. He's headed up a very significant parish, local ministry, and has been a prominent public voice in media for Christian faith. When we last spoke, he never let on that he was about to take the big leap out of all that he's known to run away and join the Navy as a chaplain. He's Richard Quadrio, and he's the first in our series on the chaplains. Richard, welcome back. Thank you for having me, uh, Lee. <laughs> this nice is to be here. A bit out of left field. You didn't let on anything about this a few months ago. I wasn't sure they'd let me in. <laughs> I was in the middle of application and I thought I'd better wait till I actually found out if they'd have me. So why do chaplaincy? Why move on from everything that you've known in the past? Well, in one sense, I am moving on from everything that I've known. In one sense, I'm not. I'm still going to be a minister of the gospel. Yep. I'm still going to be a person who's committed to the Word of God and to loving people. I'm just changing fields, so to speak. And as one of the chaplains said to me he uh, in the Navy, he spent a long time in, in parish ministry. And he said that in, in parish he enjoyed the work. It was a good place to be. But increasingly he felt that he spent most of his time with believers. And uh, he, he found that as a chaplain he spent most of his time with unbelievers. So I'm looking forward to, in a sense, going behind enemy lines. Now, yeah. I know that sounds a bit silly in our defense force. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to, in a sense, just being there to serve uh, the men and women of the Navy and to uh, to be an opportunity to, to share something of my faith. Yes, and for that very reason, I've been a long time, long term, and a great passionate supporter of chaplains. So what do you do as a chaplain? You've done this a bit before, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I've been uh, for the last uh, year or so, I've been a chaplain at Eastwood Rugby Club. Yeah. Um, and that's been an interesting experience, and I found it quite refreshing, um, challenging, uh, in a sense, in my local church, I have my place. I have a, a role. At least at Rugby Club, I'm a sort of a bit more the village idiot, uh, if you know what I mean. The <laughs> I sort could of, never imagine that of you. <laughs> well, you know, the, the sort of on the side. Yeah. But what I found at Eastwood was it's just a great opportunity to get alongside of people, to listen to their stories. And uh, one of the uh, guys at Eastwood Rugby Club, we were at a dinner one night, and a fellow came up to me and said, what exactly do you do here, Richard? <laughs> and this other guy who'd been, I didn't think had always been supportive of my role, said, he's God's representative at Eastwood Rugby Club. Wow. So I said, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. So in the Navy, there's three basic things they do. They conduct church services. Uh, there's sometimes Sunday services on bases or on ships. There's special services, Anzac Day, memorial services. There's, of course, funerals and weddings and all the sort of things a regular minister does. So that's one third of it. One third of it is pastoral care. And uh, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of need. Um, yeah. And uh, they're very keen to try and be supportive to men and women in the Navy. Um, and then the third role is that in the Navy, they actually teach um, Navy values as courses. They actually use the chaplains to teach courses. So it's those three roles that I guess will be spread out in, in roughly even. Because that values thing has been a very significant issue in defence in recent years, hasn't it? Well, that's right. And uh, this is it's a cultural problem, isn't it? Whereas a society, we're losing our values because we're losing our faith. That They're connected. Um, and so uh, 
it is interesting that in the armed forces, the chaplains are quite highly regarded um, because they realise there is a need spiritually to support people and there is a need really to encourage values. Um, I, I don't think those values have changed in the military. I think they've always been there. It's just they need maybe more education now. What are the values as you see it? Um, the Navy have these lovely words, loyalty, honesty, integrity, good, you know, very Christian values that have been the underpinning, I would say, of Western civilization for the last two or 300 years. Yes. So they are the underpinning of, of service, of a service institution like the military. Um, so the values that they teach are quite consistent, I think, with the Christian faith. But you're teaching those values in a sense, not from necessarily a Christian perspective, but in terms of pastoral care and services of worship and that sort of thing, it's very much from a Christian perspective. What are the needs that you think are there? Look, look, I've, I've been in ministry, Lee, for over 30 years. I've been a, a parish minister. I've been a church planter. I've been in a university context. I've been a university chaplain. I don't expect in the Navy it'll be any different anywhere else. Okay. People need the same sort of things. They need to be loved and they need to know that somebody loves them and they need to know that there's a, there's a God who provides a structure and framework to our lives, provides purpose and identity. Uh, a lot of the, the uh, pastoral care, I, sure, I assume, will be, will be sort of emergency and Band-Aid, just getting them over the next crisis, uh, whether it be relationships or uh, issues of alcohol and those sort of things. But also it will also be pointing them to a, to a higher direction. A lot of the pastoral care I imagine you'll be doing will involve a lot of listening rather than talking. Absolutely. Which ministers... You're saying that ministers talk well and listen yeah. badly. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're about to say, Lee. <laughs> Wash that out of your mouth, brother. I think most parish ministers have to spend a fair bit of time pastorally dealing with people's issues. Yes. And if you don't learn to listen, then you're, you're going to get crash and burn somewhere along the line. Um, plus, I've been married for 30 years, Lee. If I haven't learned to listen a little bit, I'll be in big trouble. So why choose the Defence Force and specifically the Navy? Because as we'll be seeing in the coming weeks, there are chaplains in all sorts of areas. Look, I have some friends who are chaplains in hospitals and I respect their work. I just couldn't do that. I think that's that's a tough area to work in, working with illness all the time. Yes, I have also colleagues and friends who are jail chaplains and that's a tough gig too. I, just, I guess that the... Uh, uh, the military just seemed to me a place where uh, I could serve. It, it, it sort of seemed to fit with my personality. I've got a bit of a background in ships. My grandfather was a, a captain of a ship. I spent a lot of time on his ship as a kid. So we've had a lot to do with the Operation Mobilization ships, the ministry. So ships is sort of in the background. And and to be quite honest, I sort of thought, I, like like often as a Christian, you, you sort of test the waters to see maybe, maybe this is this the Lord's will. And I put in an application, which was about seven or eight months ago. It looked, literally has taken me seven months to get through the hoops. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I figured as I went through those hoops, the Lord would reveal to me more and more if he felt this was the right idea or not. Of course... I haven't actually started yet, Lee, so I might be a complete disaster, so Mate, I might tell, get thrown out. Tell me so, you've got sea legs. That's my big question. Well, I've been on ships in calm weather, but uh, <laughs> they, they say that in rough weather there's two sorts of people. There's those who are seasick and those who tell lies. <laughs> Does that scare you at all? Uh, not what really. Mean? I mean, I think, you know, well, it's you just got to do your best and... Uh, no, I'm not particularly anxious. I'm more worried about the, the, the new entry officers course that I have to do, which is basically 22 weeks that's fairly rigorous. Yeah. And I'll be doing that with a bunch of 20-odd-year-olds. So whether the old body survives, that's a, more so of a, a lot worry. of physical stuff. A lot of physical, a couple yeah. of hours a day okay. over, tw over five months. So that'll be a challenge. I'm sure this has been 
a big decision for you and your family and taking you out of quite a substantial comfort zone. You're good at what you do. You've done it for a long time. Yeah, that's right. But I, it's interesting that one person, I mean, our, our church was very surprised when I said that I was going. As any church minister that leaves, yes. you sort of hope they're not delighted when you're going, you know? <laughs> so, so the people were surprised. But, but one of the members of my church said to me, the one thing this is consistent, Richard, is that you've been challenging us for the last 12 years to get out of our comfort zone, to take steps of faith. And I'm a firm believer, Lee, there's only two real ways we grow as a Christian. Now, we obviously, we grow and read, read and study the Word and those sort of things. But the two great growth um, deliverers for a Christian are suffering and and when you step out of your comfort zone. Yes. And, and the only difference between those two is one is... Uh, one is optional, one is compulsory. Yep. When, you're, when you're ill, when you face grief, you don't have any choice. But uh, I always advise people to step out of their comfort zone because God wants us to grow. Somebody said to me, this is a midlife crisis. I'm too old for a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Dare I ask you how old you are to I'm, do this? I'm 52. Yeah. So I'll, I'll only be able to do it for about eight years because uh, there's a compulsory retirement age of, of uh, 60. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just figured that... Uh, we're in the stage in life where I could very easily have stayed where we are in our church for another dozen years and retired. I'm sure. We're very happy there. There are a lovely, godly bunch of people. We enjoy it there. We like the area. So it would have been very easy to just stay there, and we could have done that. Or we've both been praying and figuring for some time that maybe the Lord had one more challenge for us. Where might you go in the world with this, or is it going to take you anywhere perhaps? Well, who knows? First of all, I've, I've just got to go to the south coast of New South Wales for six months. And then um, I'll be appointed probably to a base, first of all, which might be in Sydney or it might be in Perth or it might be in Melbourne or it might be in, in Darwin. Um, and then later on I might be appointed after a couple of years to actually be uh, based on a ship. And if you're based on a ship, you might be uh, based in and out of Sydney, but you might be two weeks in and two weeks out or you might be gone for six months. Yeah. Have you thought at all about the dangers that might be involved? Well, yes, but I drive a car and <laughs> I walk across point. roads. I, yeah. I think you've got to, uh, you know, yes, there's danger. And look, chaplains have died in the Navy. There have yeah. been three chaplains died in wars. Um, when the Sydney sunk off Western Australia, all 600 crew were killed and there was a chaplain on board. There were chaplains POWs. But there are, bit, there are plenty of ministers throughout the world who face danger every day. Yes. Um, I, I remember David Cook went and visited a, a Bible college in the Philippines, and a guy there was just finishing his training, and he was going to pastor a church where the previous pastor had been killed, assassinated. And David Cook said to him, are you worried about um, you know, what might happen to you? And this guy looked at David Cook and said, it would be an honor to die in the service of my Lord. And David Cook thought, wow. I'm not sure that's what everyone at SNBC says when they're leaving. No, you know, no. But that is the gospel. But I also believe that I could get a heart attack. I could have a heart attack tomorrow. We could get cancer. So, yeah, I mean, there's risks, but there's risks everywhere. What are you excited about? What are you fearful about, other than the sea legs, perhaps? Yeah, I'm more fearful of the physical training okay. I, 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 uh, I, and fearful of breaking down and not getting through the training. Um, I'm, I'll miss my, my wife particularly when I'm in, in the training for that period. But uh, what I'm excited about is, I guess, what I've enjoyed at Easter Rugby Club, getting alongside people who've got no understanding whatsoever about God and the church and trying to break down some barriers. Yeah, And uh, I like it when people say to me things like, oh, I, I 
didn't realise you could actually talk to a pastor, that they actually could understand something about rugby or whatever else. So I'm just looking forward to... And look, I didn't grow up as a Christian, so I think I understand the way unbelievers think and uh, or don't think. And I'm just looking forward to getting alongside of people and, and being encouragement and support. So. If there are people listening tonight in their kind of 50s who might be thinking, I could step out of my comfort zone, or maybe they're feeling the call or a possibility of stepping outside their comfort zone, what would you say to them? Well, you're only young once, aren't you? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, but really, you only get one go at this life. Yeah. And, and I think that when we... When we step outside our comfort zone, then we have to rely on God more. And, you know, doing what I've been doing forever, I I'm always can do it in my own strength, if that makes sense. Yes. Now, I, I do need God. But the reality is when, you, when you're in scarier territory, you pray more, you're more dependent on God, and then I think God can do more through us. We, we tend to think that if you're competent, that's how God can use you. It's, it's almost the opposite. It's when we need God the most, I think, that he is most effective in our lives. There's great wisdom in that. And I'm so excited to see you as a chaplain in the Navy. I, I do hope in the rest thing. of this series you get some real chaplains. Yeah, we will. But I thought <laughs> this is a good way of kicking it off. I'm truly inspired. I'm I'm full of admiration for you and uh, very excited to see what might happen out of this. Maybe you can ring me in three months to Creswell <laughs> and see if I'm still alive. You're still alive. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I will pray that you will be. Thank Richard you. Richard Quadrio, all the very best. Thanks so much. A blessing to all your listeners, Lee. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.